Chapter One, Part One of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter One, Part One. In the village of Grahai, one summer day, on the estate of Anna Pavlovna a landowner of moderate means every one in the house was up by daybreak from its mistress to the house-dog barbos but anna pavlovna's only son alexander fedoritch was still sleeping the sound sleep of a boy of twenty every one else in the house was bustling and hurrying about but they all walked on tiptoe and spoke in whispers so as not to wake the young master if any one made the least noise or spoke aloud anna pavlovna would rush out at once like a lioness enraged and punish the indiscreet person with a severe rebuke or an abusive epithet or when her anger and her energy were equal to it with a blow in the kitchen three servants were kept busy cooking on a scale fit for a dinner of ten persons though the whole family consisted of no more than anna pavlovna and her son alexander fedoritch in the coach-house they were rubbing and greasing the carriage all were busy and were working with all their might barbos was the only one who was doing nothing but even he took a share in the general activity in his own way when a groom or coachman came near him or a maid ran by he wagged his tail and sniffed the passing figure anxiously while his eyes seemed to ask are they ever going to tell me why we are all in such a bustle to-day the bustle was because anna pavlovna was sending her son to petersburg to get a post in the civil service there or as she herself expressed it to see the world and show himself a fatal day for her this was why she was so broken down and unhappy often in her distress she would open her mouth to give some direction and would suddenly stop in the middle of a word her voice failed and she turned aside and wiped away her tears or let them fall into the trunk which she was herself packing with sashenka's linen tears had long been gathering in her heart they rose into her throat and choked her and were ready to burst out in torrents but she was saving them up as it were for the leave-taking and did not often waste them drop by drop it was not only anna pavlovna who was grieved at the coming separation sashenka's valet yevsey was also terribly distressed he was to set off with his master to petersburg and had to leave the warmest corner in the house a place on the stove in the room of agrafina the prime minister of anna pavlovna's household who was also a fact of prime importance to yevsey in charge of the keys of the stores behind the stove there was only room for two chairs and a table which was set with tea coffee and eatables yevsey had long had a place behind the stove and in the heart of agrafina on the other chair she was sitting herself the relations of agrafina and yevsey were by now ancient history in the household they like everyone else in the world had been the subject of gossip and scandal and then like everyone else they had been dropped even their mistress had grown used to seeing them together and for ten whole years they had been happy can many people out of all their lives count up ten years of happiness and now the moment of parting was at hand good-bye to the warm corner good-bye to agrafina ivanovna 
no more playing cards and coffee and vodka and liqueurs good-bye to it all yevsay sat in silence sighing deeply agrafena with a frown on her face was bustling about her duties she showed her sorrow in her own peculiar way she poured out tea to-day with exasperation and instead of giving the first cup of strong tea to her mistress as usual she poured it away as though she could not bear any one to get the benefit of it and she took all reproof with stolid indifference she boiled the coffee too long the cream was burnt the cup slipped out of her hands she could not put the tray down on the table without a crash she could not shut the cupboard or the doors without slamming them she did not shed tears but was angry with everything and everybody instead this however was always a prominent characteristic of hers she was not often contented things were mostly not to her taste she used to grumble and complain of everything but at this moment so fatal for her her character showed its full capabilities more than anything she seemed to be angry with yevsay agrafena ivanovna he said in a sad subdued voice quite out of keeping with his tall stout figure well why did you just sit down there you booby she asked just as though he had taken a seat there for the first time get along with you i want to get out a towel ah agrafena ivanovna he repeated lazily sighing and getting up from his chair and then at once falling back into it when she had taken the towel he can do nothing but whimper here the fellow sticks good lord what a nuisance there's no getting rid of him and she dropped her spoon with a loud clank into the slop basin agrafena broke in suddenly from the other room are you out of your senses don't you know that sashenka is resting have you come to blows or what is it at parting with your sweetheart mustn't stir for you have to sit like the dead agrafena hissed like a snake wiping a cup with both hands as though she would have liked to have broken it to pieces good-bye good-bye said yevsay with a colossal sigh it's the last day agrafena ivanovna and thank god for it the devil's welcome to you for all i care there will be more room there get along one can't stir a step you straddle your long legs all over the place he touched her on the shoulder how she answered him he sighed again but did not move from his place and it would have been quite needless if he had agrafena did not really wish him to go yevsay knew this and was not uneasy who will take my place i wonder he asked always with a sigh the devil she answered abruptly well so long as it's not proshka but who will play cards with you well if it were proshka what does it matter to you she asked angrily yevsay got up don't play with proshka for mercy's sake don't he said anxiously and almost menacingly but who can prevent me you pray you scarecrow my darling agrafena ivanovna he began imploringly seizing her round the waist i should have said if there had been any sign of a waist about her she responded to his embrace by a sharp elbow in his chest my darling agrafena ivanovna he repeated will proshka love you as i do look at him what an impudent fellow he is not a woman in the house he does not make up to but me ah you are the only woman in the world for me if it were not the master's will oh he choked at this point and waved his hand in the air agrafena could hold out no longer even her sorrow at last found vent in tears but will you go away from me you villain she said weeping what are you chattering about stupid 
me keep company with proshka can't you see for yourself that you can never get a word of sense out of him he can do nothing but try to put his stupid arms round one did he do that oh the brute and you never told me i'd have shown him oh, let him try it on am i the only petticoat in the house me keep company with proshka what an idea even to sit by him makes me sick the pig and you have always to be on the lookout with him or he's trying to gobble up something on the sly but you don't notice it of course if such a thing should happen agrafena ivanovna the devil's too strong for us you know better let grishka have my place here at least he's a civil fellow and hard-working he didn't sneer oh there's an idea now agrafena fell upon him why do you foist someone on me as if i were like like that go away i say it's not the likes of me to go and throw myself into anyone else's arms only with you you wretch the devil truly led me into temptation and i repent it the very idea oh god bless you for your goodness it's a weight off my heart yevsay cried you're glad she shrieked savagely again it is a good thing you're glad at something be as glad as you like and her lips grew white with anger both were silent agrafena ivanovna said yevsay timidly after a short pause well what now why i was quite forgetting not a drop nor a morsel of anything have i tasted this morning oh that's what you're after i couldn't eat for sorrow my dear she took from the bottom shelf of the cupboard from behind a loaf of sugar a glass of vodka and two huge slices of bread and ham all this had long before been made ready for him by her own careful hand she threw them to him as one would hardly throw a bone to a dog one piece fell on the floor here then ready for you yes for you may it choke you but hush don't munch for all the house to hear she turned away from him with an expression of simulated aversion but he slowly began to eat looking doubtfully at agrafena and covering his mouth with one hand meanwhile the coachman appeared at the gates with the three horses and took them under the shelter of the stable removing his cap he took out of it a dirty towel and rubbed the sweat off his face anna pavlovna saw him from the window and she turned pale her knees trembled under her and her arms hung limp although she had been expecting it recovering herself with an effort she called for agrafena go on tiptoe quietly and see whether sashenka is asleep she said he will sleep too long dear heart perhaps and it is the last day so i shall see nothing of him but no you can't do it you'll be sure to thump into the room like a cow i had better go myself and she went go on then you're not a cow i suppose grumbled agrafena to herself a cow indeed you'd be glad of a few more such cows alexander fedoritch himself met anna pavlovna on her way a fair young man in all the bloom of youth health and strength he said good morning cheerfully to his mother but suddenly catching sight of the trunk and packages he seemed rather disturbed walked away to the window in silence and began to draw with his finger on the window-pane after a minute he spoke again to his mother and looked unconcernedly even with pleasure at the preparations for the journey what made you sleep so late dearie said anna pavlovna isn't your face a little swollen let me moisten your eyes and cheeks with some rose-water no i don't want any mamma what will you like for breakfast would tea be best or coffee i have ordered some beef cutlets and sour cream fritters what will you have it's all the same to me mamma 
anna pavlovna went on packing the linen then stopped and gazed at her son with a look of anguish sasha she said after a pause what do you want mamma she hesitated to speak as if she were afraid of something where are you going my dear one and why she asked at last in a low voice how where mamma to petersburg why why to listen sasha she said with great emotion placing her hand on his shoulder evidently with the intention of making a last appeal it is not too late think again and stop stop but how is it possible look my clothes are packed he said not knowing what to say your clothes packed but there there see now they are unpacked in three armfuls she had emptied all out of the trunk how can it be so mamma i am all ready and to change so suddenly what will they say he looked distressed it is not so much for my own sake as for yours that i persuade you not to go why are you going to try and find happiness but have you not been happy here i wonder does not your mother think of nothing else all day long but how to gratify every wish of yours of course at your age now your mother's devotion alone is not enough for your happiness and i don't expect it well look round you every one is eager to please you and maria karpovna's daughter sonushka there you blushed ah my darling how she loves you god bless her they say she has not slept for three nights there mamma how you talk she is so yes yes as though i don't see ah and by the by she has taken your handkerchiefs to him i won't let any one else do them she said i will mark them myself you see what more would you have stay he listened in silence hanging his head and playing with the tassel of his dressing-gown what will you find in petersburg she continued do you think you will find life as easy there as here oh my dear god knows what you may have to bear and put up with you will suffer cold and hunger and want there are plenty of bad people everywhere but you won't meet with good ones so easily as for social consideration whether you are in town or country you will be just as much a person of consideration suppose you don't see petersburg society still you may think yourself the best in the land living here and so it is in everything my dear one you are a well-educated fine good-looking fellow i am an old woman and the only happiness left me in this world is the sight of you you might marry god might bless you with children and i could nurse them and you could live without troubles or anxiety a peaceful tranquil life envying no man but there perhaps things may not go well perhaps you will remember my words sashenka stay he coughed and sighed but did not utter a word and look out here she continued opening the door on to the balcony are not you sorry yourself to be leaving such a home from the balcony came a fresh scent round the house right into the distance stretched the garden full of old lime trees thick wild roses service berries and bushes of lilac and among the trees were beds of bright-coloured flowers and here and there little paths ran zigzagging in and out while in the distance was a softly splashing lake on one side golden with the rays of the morning sun and smooth as glass on the other as dark blue as the sky mirrored in it and stirred by faint ripples and then an amphitheatre formed by the fields of waving corn and bordered by a dark forest anna pavlovna screening her eyes from the sun with one hand with the other pointed out every object in turn to her son look she said 
how abundantly god has blessed our meadows there from that field of rye alone we shall harvest four thousand bushels and there is the wheat and the buckwheat only the buckwheat is not as good this year as last it looks as though it will be poor and the forest too how the forest has grown think how great is the wisdom of god the fuel from our share we shall sell for a thousand at least and the game too and you know all this is yours my dear i am only your steward look at the lake how splendid it is really heavenly the fish are in shoals there we only need to buy sturgeon the carp and the perch and the gremmels are simply swarming we have enough for ourselves and our people as well over there are your cows and horses grazing here you alone are master of all but in petersburg i dare say everybody will think himself as good as you are and you want to run away from all this plenty you don't even know what you are running to to your ruin perhaps god help you do stay he was silent but you are not listening she said what are you looking at so steadily he pointed with his hand silently and thoughtfully into the distance anna pavlovna looked and her face fell there between the fields ran a path twisting like a snake and disappearing into the forest the path to the promised land to petersburg anna pavlovna was silent for some minutes trying to recover herself that's how it is then she said at last sadly well my dear god bless you go then if you are so bent on it i will not oppose it you shall not say anyway that your mother monopolized your young life poor mother this is all the recompense for your love was not this what you expected ah but mothers expect no recompense a mother's love is without reason without power of choice if you are great renowned proud handsome if your name is on men's lips and your exploits make a noise in the world then your old mother's head is trembling with happiness she weeps and laughs and prays long and fervently and the son for the most part does not even think of sharing his triumphs with his mother if you are poor in mind and spirit if nature has stamped you with the stigma of deformity and the pangs of disease torture you body and soul or if men spurn you from them and there is no place for you among them the more place for you in your mother's heart she clasps her misshapen deficient child all the closer to her heart and her prayers are still longer and more fervent end of chapter one part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine